This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as a super advanced AI that is displacing the jobs of 20 other tech journalists in San Francisco, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is someone I've known for a long time, Kai-Fu Lee, the CEO of Sinovation Ventures and former president of Google China. He's also the author of a very important new book about artificial intelligence called AI Superpowers, China, Silicon Valley, and the New World Order. Kai-Fu, welcome to Recode Decode. Thank you, Kara, or AI, should I say. (laughs) (laughs) So there's lots of things I want to talk about with you, but let's get people up to speed on who you are. Um, I've known you for a long time, and I remember when you were hired, I think I wrote a story in the journal at the time uh, that you were hired. So talk a little bit about your background so people can get a a sense of where you've come from. Sure. I uh, grew up in the U.S., Mm -hmm. Columbia, Carnegie Mellon, Ph.D., and then I uh, ran multimedia at Apple, Mm -hmm. followed by SGI, Microsoft, where I started Microsoft Research in Asia. Right. Back at the headquarters, worked for five years Mm -hmm. in Redmond, Mm -hmm. and then I went to start Google China in 2005. Right. So talk about how you got there. So because you you had obviously a very storied career, you had a lot of great spots. Multimedia at Apple was a critical job. Um, That was back in the 90s? In the 90s, 90 to 96. Yeah, Yeah. Um, which was their recovery period, really. Uh, A difficult period. Difficult, yeah, Yeah, Yeah. kind of so. Um, So you had had long-time Silicon Valley. Why did you do China for Google? You went over there in what year? In 2005. 2005, which is early in, in Google's, when they were involved in China. It was the initial entrance. Right. But I was uh, at Microsoft Research China mm-hmm. in 98. Right. So that gave me the experience. Sure. And that's presumably why Google tapped me. And what was your goal there to do? What was at the time when they were entering and then they mm. exited? But talk about your goal. What was the goal for Google there? Well, the goal was to build up a local presence, mm-hmm. win as much market share as we could, mm-hmm. and stay true to the corporate values. Right. And all three of which we accomplished. Right. And you located servers outside of China. There were all kinds of different things you did. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's going to be relevant to what we're talking about later. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, well, the Chinese laws required some servers to be present in mm-hmm. China, so mm-hmm. we had that. The majority of the servers were outside, mm-hmm. and then there were certain commitments that Google made mm-hmm. in order to do censorship and be present in China. Right. Uh, things like uh, providing an explanation whenever something was removed. Right, at the bottom. At the bottom, and also providing an uncensored search, and also... Um, 
not store personal information in China. Right, which they didn't. They didn't allow people to register, essentially. That's right. Correct. Um, and one of the interesting parts was putting that, saying this was, if someone was doing a search at the bottom saying things were left out of the search due to laws of China, correct? Something like yes, that. Yes, and actually all search engines ended up doing that. Right, right. And yeah. it was because the idea was that you didn't, pretend that you weren't censoring things, correct? That was the idea. Yeah. That was the idea. Now, that was a Chinese government idea or a Google idea? Both were okay with it. Both were okay with it. Now, so you were there until how long? For four years. Four years. Mm -hmm. That Were you there during the pullout or no? No, I, I left three months before that right. and I had no idea that was Oh, happening. you didn't? Really? No. No, no, you weren't aware of that? Well, you saw the later reports mm -hmm. that things, uh, they, they saw things in November and right. decided to leave in December. Right, there was meddling I, by the Chinese government. Well, that was the that allegation. Was the allegation. allegation. Okay, yeah, that was yeah. allegation. And I left earlier in, in uh, September. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. no and idea. why did you do that? Well, I saw that the entire entrepreneurial landscape was mm -hmm. just burgeoning. Right. And in China. I, I lost uh, all of my young, super smart staff. They were all mm -hmm. into startups, mm -hmm. all doing very well. VC industry was starting. The Chinese internet market right. uh, as an independent market was taking off. It really was off. right then. So it was an exciting thing. I thought right. I wanted to be a part of it. So that. you wanted to escape too at the same time. <laughs> well, I didn't quite use the word escape. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you, uh, but you, Google, it was a big job running Google China. It was a tremendous opportunity, but also frustrating at times. Right. But I compared that with uh, having the freedom to invest in companies and help young entrepreneurs. Right. That seemed more fun. So let's set the table then, because before that, China wasn't seen as the entrepreneur engine that it is today, correct? Or, or it was just start, that was right around when it was really becoming clear. I think that's uh, reasonable to say. Actually, China's entrepreneurial energy started in the late 90s mm -hmm. with the portals. Right. And then later the search engine Alibaba were launched right. in the early 2000s. Initially, they were thought of as copies, correct? That was the, that was the generalized feeling that they copied U.S. And innovation. And that's uh, not an inaccurate exactly. statement. Yeah. At that time. <laughs> at that time. At that time. Right. And so they, there was an Alibaba that was like an Amazon. There was a, there was everything that was in the, there was a Baidu that was like a Google yeah. and various things like that. And yeah. many people had felt that that was the way it was going to be for China, that we're going to be fast followers, essentially. I think that's an, the assumption because in Silicon Valley, you know, copying is frowned upon mm -hmm. and it's viewed that once you copy, you always copy. Right. But I think those turned out to be uh, wrong assumptions. Yeah, absolutely. And then at the same time, Silicon Valley companies were having troubles and were operating in China. Can you talk about why that was? eBay had a yeah. disastrous run. Yeah. Yahoo was only successful because it bought a Chinese company or it had yeah. a stake in a Chinese company. I think the core reasons are numerous. Mm -hmm. First, um, the U.S. headquarters thought of China as just another market. Mm -hmm. So just take the product, it should work. Mm -hmm. It worked in Europe and Japan, should mm -hmm. work in China. Mm -hmm. But China was substantially different. Mm -hmm. Secondly, some of the companies wanted to make money too early and too soon. Mm -hmm. And I think thirdly, the heads of these organizations, generally speaking, China, yeah. obviously there were exceptions, but mm -hmm. generally speaking, were no match for the local entrepreneurs. Right. The entrepreneurs, you know, they own 80% of the company. Mm -hmm. This was their one thing in their life that was going to make or break their whole career and future. Mm -hmm. They worked 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. They did whatever it took to win. Mm -hmm. And then the multinationals had a normal professional lifestyle. We're going to come in, we're going to... 
Yeah. Business development. Do business, do it standard way, do it the corporate way. Don't offend the headquarter. Do what headquarter wanted mm -hmm. and uh, don't contradict the headquarters and, and hopefully get a promotion back mm -hmm. to the headquarters in three years. Right. And that mentality just had no chance of success. So talk about why the Chinese market was different because they did treat it. They had been had success going into Europe or Germany or wherever in those ways. What was the difference of the market? Well, there, there's a difference then and difference now. Mm -hmm. The difference now is even more dramatic. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a parallel universe. Mm -hmm. So all the practices and assumptions you have in the U.S. will fail. Mm -hmm. For example, if you're an app, you would expect to promote using uh, Facebook, Snap, and so on in the U.S. Mm -hmm. But in China, none of those worked. Mm -hmm. The U.S. is uh, very well segmented companies with Google, Amazon, Facebook, mm -hmm. even each having a clearly what they did their as lane. a separate, yeah, their lay, lay of the, the land, their mm -hmm. piece. In China, everybody was competing with everyone. Mm -hmm. No one had any market for sure. Mm -hmm. And you had to know the dynamics right. of what was happening and make the right bets. For example, you know, Alibaba had the entire payment that would seem like a phenomenal choke point. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden in in one year, Tencent took almost half of that away right. from them. Right. So it's what I call in my book, uh, gladiatorial mm -hmm. kind of competition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you want to play in that game, first you have to be a gladiator. Right. Then you have to know how to work with the other gladiators right. and read the tea leaves on who's right. going to win. Right. So things change so much. You can't treat it like it's a U.S. like a U.S. market. It's like its own, it's its own market rather than a subsidiary market. That's right. Mm -hmm. And also another huge difference is the Chinese companies go heavy, mm -hmm. right? The American companies like lightweight uh, tech platforms. Mm -hmm. Chinese companies uh, are willing to hire 600,000 people mm -hmm. and to lower the cost of something. For mm -hmm. example, you know, compared with Yelp, OpenTable, mm -hmm. all very light platforms, mm -hmm. Meituan in China, they brought in 600,000 people to mm -hmm. ensure the delivery of a takeout order mm -hmm. is goes down to something like 70 cents per delivery. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that completely changed the way Chinese people eat. Right. So that led to a very different model than what OpenTable and uh, Yelp did. Mm -hmm. Those companies left the restaurant industry alone. Mm -hmm. Meituan basically disrupted the restaurant offline industry. Right. right. So how does an American company learn to play mm -hmm. in that kind of uh, tough, tenacious, mm -hmm. disrupting market that left nothing alone? And go to any length, in other words. And competition can be very tough, dealing right. with uh, you know challenges in the press and also users who are unhappy and uh, false rumors being spread. And those are all mm -hmm. part of doing business in right. China. And what about the government? Well, the That's what they always point to. The government's not going to let us succeed here. Yeah. Well, the government actually plays, I think at this point, mm -hmm. a very modest part of difficulty of American companies going in. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, some companies need to get a license. Right. But as we can see, Google's now got a Waymo license, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. seems. Mm -hmm. Facebook is maybe. trying. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it's not impossible to get a license. Mm -hmm. But my question is, uh, even if you get a license, mm -hmm. can an American company really learn to thrive in that environment? In that environment. Now, when I went as Google, the environment wasn't that tough and tenacious. Mm -hmm. And I was, I would say, a little different from the typical multinational mm -hmm. leader. Mm -hmm. I disagreed with headquarters at times mm -hmm. and made decisions that I thought was good for the company. Mm -hmm. And we had our arguments and, and then we had some success. 
we gained market share from 9% to 24% and on the way to become a billion dollar subsidiary. So the numbers were going in the direct right direction. And mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be the only one who may have a chance mm-hmm. to have at least a significant minority share. Mm-hmm. And then after Google, Uber, I think, had a chance. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, Travis and his team were tenacious also. Mm-hmm. And that fit the Chinese uh, spirit. But mm-hmm. ultimately, dealing with all the local issues, uh, they right. ended up still losing to DD. Right. Right. When I say the government is that the government, one of the arguments that Silicon Valley companies make is that the government advantages Chinese mm-hmm. companies. How would you answer that? I think that's very minimal mm-hmm. um, because there are obviously licenses they can grant mm-hmm. or not grant. Right. Uh, beyond that, what China is part of the WTO, mm-hmm. I think at this point is also, um, I, I don't really see anything that they have done mm-hmm. to in the recent 10 years mm-hmm. that would show this. I think, I guess you could argue that American companies weren't going to succeed anyway, Mm -hmm. so they don't have to do anything. But in any case, I think the main issue today is just that it's too hard. It's too hard. And and I would also say that Chinese company coming to America would be equally hard. Right. It's it's just that the two ecosystems are so different, Mm -hmm. they're bound to continue to live in their independent parallel universes. All right, let's get to AI in your book. Um, Talk about the premise of your book, what you were trying to do. Since then, you've been investing. Give some examples of what you've been investing in at your venture company. Okay. Uh, Well, we manage a total of about $2 billion, Mm -hmm. and AI is our largest portfolio, Mm -hmm. about a third or so is mm-hmm. in AI. When did you start doing that investing? Uh, four years ago. Four years ago. Uh, I think most of China caught the AI fever about two years ago. So mm-hmm. we were ahead mm-hmm. because we saw deep learning mm-hmm. was going to start making headways. Um, so we have about 45 investments in AI. And we have five unicorns that are totally valued at about $23 billion. Mm-hmm. So we're. So what were you looking for? Why were you ahead of the curve on that? Well, we saw, for example, deep learning mm-hmm. was going to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were very big on deep learning, computer vision, very early. Mm-hmm. And then we we were among the first to go into autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that AI for finance was going to be a big segment. Mm-hmm. And then uh, hardware and semiconductors was going to be an important area for China. Mm-hmm. So those were our fundamental bets and mm-hmm. the makeup of the five unicorns that we have. Well, explain why, though. I want you to give me a deeper question. Why did you think that was the okay. bet to make? Okay, so deep learning was the single biggest breakthrough in AI mm-hmm. that made a machine learning possible on huge amounts of data with uh, minimal human intervention. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't need humans to tell features. It would discover them as long as there was enough data. Right. And China had so much data. Right. So there's going to be somewhere it's going to tip. Mm-hmm. And we also saw that it's the people in computer vision mm-hmm. that invented deep learning. Right. So it's likely that computer vision would be the first area to tip, not speech recognition or something else. Right. Right. So we made big bets in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the semiconductors, well, we saw the NVIDIA pricing mm-hmm. and we knew that the Chinese companies 
would want alternatives.、Mm-hmm. And there are ways. High prices, you mean? Well, they sell the、yeah. same product for very high prices for display、right. versus、uh, right. AI. Right. And、uh, that high level of margin,、mm-hmm. I think, leaves room for local competition to compete、so、with Nvidia. Uh, right, not. I think it's hard to compete completely because、mm-hmm. Nvidia is a powerful company.、Mm-hmm. But if you take one segment of the compute,、mm-hmm. uh, let's say the inference, not、mm-hmm. the training, or make it cheap in cell phones, devices,、right. toys, where China is strong,、mm-hmm. so that were those were our investments in、mm-hmm. semiconductors, in AI acceleration, autonomous vehicles. I think was an area there was a large number of people who. Decided to bet in the space,、mm-hmm. and we found a couple of really, really good teams, and we actually made four investments、mm-hmm. in autonomous vehicles,、uh, not counting the sensors.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and I continue to think that will be the largest disruption.、Mm-hmm. Uh, might take a little bit of time. Right.、Um, so we made four very good investments, one of which has become a unicorn. And the speed at which progress is made in that space is phenomenal.、Mm-hmm. I think two years ago, three of the four companies started,、mm-hmm. and one could say they were eight years behind Google. Right. Today, I think they're about two years behind yeah, Google. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they're it's, catching, it's, up, they're、really、catching up very fast. The, the next two years may be harder, but、mm-hmm. but they've caught in two years. They've caught up six years. Right. And then finance is the lowest hanging fruit、mm-hmm. because finance is a numbers game. And if AI is an objective function that optimizes profitability, lowers costs, improves margin for loans, credit card frauds, banks, insurance companies, that seemed like a no-brainer because you didn't have warehouses, manufacturing plant. You just plug in the algorithm, and, and money comes out. You, you're、right. printing money. Right. So we backed a couple of companies in that. All right, we're here talking with Kai Fu Li. He is an investor in China. He's the CEO of Sinovation Ventures. His new book is called AI Superpowers. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about what that means. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance. Who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites, or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. We're here with Kai Fu Li. He is the CEO of Sinovation Ventures. He also ran China for Google for many years and worked for a number of other、uh, big tech companies in the U.S. His new book is called AI Superpowers, and the, the bottom part is China, Silicon Valley, and a new world order. Talk about what you mean by superpowers. You, you've done investments. You talked about your investments in the area, and you did it early and often. Talk about what you mean by superpowers and why that's important. 
Yeah, I actually meant three things. Okay. Uh, primarily, I meant China and U.S. will be by far the world's AI superpowers right. because they'll possess the greatest value companies, people, data,、mm -hmm. and IP. I also mean the companies such as Google, Facebook, Amazon,、mm -hmm. Alibaba, Tencent will be superpowers because they started early. And they benefit from the virtuous cycle、right. of AI. And the third meaning is that AI itself is a superpower,、mm -hmm. in that it will create a wealth generation engine that we've never seen, but also potentially a, a job、uh, displacement engine yes, that we、we'll、have to deal、about. with. Yeah. So talk about the first one. One of the things that a lot, a lot of people, I've been talking a lot of people about, is this idea of China moving forward rather quickly in AI, well past the U.S. A lot of having to do with data.、Um, someone was asking me why Google's going to China, and or I asked someone that, and they said data. That's it. Data is is the problem. They don't have enough. China has more, and with some of the, we'll talk about the surveillance and facial recognition things, where they just have data coming out of their eyeballs in China, essentially comparatively. So talk about that competition, because a lot of people feel the U.S. is going to decline in that area pretty quickly because of the lack of data. Yeah, so、uh, I I clearly、uh, believe in the power、mm -hmm. of data because、mm -hmm. deep learning simply works with more data. Yes, you take any three or four variants of the algorithm. One thing for sure is you pump a lot more data at it; it works better. Right. That's the primary reason that speech recognition, vision, and others have improved a lot.、Mm -hmm. And China has so much more data, not just in terms of number of people in market.、Mm -hmm. For example, China's fully connected with mobile payment. Right. So, seven hundred million people,、mm -hmm. uh, most of the Chinese population, can pay each other with two buttons、mm -hmm. on the phone, with almost no commission and as little as fifteen cents.、Mm -hmm. And that level of universality of transaction、right. will create so much data、mm -hmm. that. Can be used by Tencent and Alibaba for for, for, for mining insights,、right. targeting, and so on.、Right. But can also be used by individual merchants or apps who have transactions.、Mm -hmm. If you had a retail store before, you had faceless people who bought stuff.、Right. Now you know who bought what, and you、right. can suddenly do much better inventory prediction, sales forecast, and、mm -hmm. so on. So that's just one example, but if you move forward to you know、uh, China has ten times more takeouts、mm -hmm. than the U.S.、Mm -hmm. for food delivery,、uh, it has three hundred times more in shared bicycle rides.、Mm -hmm. It has,、um, I think, four times more in shared car rides,、mm -hmm. and all these standard numbers are larger, more than the ratio. Of the internet population,、mm -hmm. simply because the usage of mobile was stronger,、uh, more sticky in China,、mm -hmm. but it's also going offline because、uh, a number of、um, health clinics and、um, autonomous stores, autonomous fast food,、mm -hmm. shopping malls. And of course, airports, train stations are hooked up with all kinds of sensors,、mm -hmm. and the sensors might track motion, heat,、um, cameras,、mm -hmm. microphones, and these will send also, up data. Lots of data. Yeah, they may. Yeah, they will send up data, not raw data, but、mm -hmm. data that's relevant,、mm -hmm. right?、Mm -hmm. Such as a user picked up this product and、uh, frowned and didn't buy. Didn't well, buy. Well, people have. There's more nefarious uses of that data, obviously.、Um, but one of the things that they were talking about is that in this country they wouldn't. The the allowance of sensors and facial、mm -hmm. recognition is going to see a much rougher 
road because of mm. consent, all kinds mm. of things where that's not the case in China. And so they can suck up so much data about people's movements, their faces, their activities that they couldn't do here, that companies like Google and others are hindered. Most people feel it's a good thing that they're hindered. Mm. Talk about that. Well, I think the Chinese users have a stronger willingness to exchange the capture of certain data mm-hmm. if in return there is value to be provided, mm-hmm. for example, greater security, lower crime rates, mm-hmm. or possibly convenience. Mm-hmm. I do think the Chinese people care about privacy. There mm-hmm. are people raising awareness, but I think at the current level of deployment, people accept the trade-off mm-hmm. that is being offered. Mm-hmm. And I think the worries about the government observing people is well-founded, correct or not? I think that's a very popular uh, feeling in the West, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And which would hinder the West from collecting data I, in a good way. If people in the West think that. Well, I think the people in the West would generally um, not adopt the widespread sensors right. uh, used by government. Mm-hmm. Therefore, also the private companies would have a hard time putting it in stores. I don't know how Amazon Go is Mm -hmm. perceived because Mm -hmm. they have those cameras. Yes, they do. People are wary of it. People are wary of Nest. People are wary of all the different products that they are trying to insert in the home and everywhere else. And there's always some complaint about them. Yeah, well, I I think there's also a lot of good that could come from this deployment. All right, talk about that. Well, in hospitals, Mm -hmm. you can prevent sick people, elderly people from falling down. You can call alarms for them. Mm -hmm. Crime rate, we've talked about. Uh, Autonomous stores, you can essentially turn an offline store into an online store Mm -hmm. by capturing user preferences Mm -hmm. and uh, at schools. I think parents uh, in China are likely to give consent for cameras at school, Mm -hmm. not for surveillance, but for giving teachers feedback Mm -hmm. on where, how to improve the kids' performance, where Mm -hmm. they might be getting lost. Mm -hmm. So uh, hospitals, uh, clinics, and elderly homes, and Mm -hmm. so on. So there are applications I think the West would find useful as well. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I I think uh, those would be would have a hard time getting launched here. Right, and the mentality is definitely different, which I think it depends on what you think about it. So talk a little bit about where AI is going. And so here you have all these major investments. You've made billions of dollars in investments in this area, as have many others. Where are the trends going in AI? Well, we see uh, four waves of AI, Mm -hmm. all really just at the very beginnings. Mm -hmm. One is using AI in internet. Mm -hmm. The other is using it in businesses. Mm -hmm. So for business intelligence, banks, insurance companies, and basically all corporations to automate the middle person out of Mm -hmm. the the system. The third level, third wave, we think is adding eyes and ears, Mm -hmm. what we were just talking about, the sensors. Mm -hmm. And we think that will create a lot of new applications that Mm -hmm. didn't exist before. Right. Because previously those um, data, visual data, were discarded. They Mm -hmm. became transient, but now they could be captured and something could be done, you know, smart cities and so on. And then lastly, we see autonomous AI, and Mm -hmm. that is when AI gets arms and legs. Um, mm-hmm. They may not, they be, may be wheels, but they right. can move around, manipulate in factories, manufacturing, in farms for picking fruits, mm-hmm. in commercial applications like washing, washing dishes, mm-hmm. and also eventually in the home for mm-hmm. education, toys, 
and and also eventually there will be housework uh, mm-hmm. robots. Right. Uh, all of these will happen along with autonomous vehicles mm-hmm. that will begin in non-public roads, then going into highways, and then going into all the roads, and then going from L3 to L4, mm-hmm. and that will um, lead to another wave of changes. So we see great investment opportunities in all four waves, mm-hmm. and no doubt there will be a fifth, sixth, seventh wave, which we just don't know what they are What yet. are you thinking that might be? Well, I think a, a delegation interface with a smart assistant mm-hmm. that has an infinite memory mm-hmm. to enhance us, you know, without any of this hardware intrusion, but right. just as an uh, uh, augmentation mm-hmm. of our physical limitation, okay. that could be. A that means not one. something. Remember, Google had the eyeball thing and the <laughs> ear thing. Not that that it would be part of your. Uh, if, have you seen the Black Mirror episode? Yes, of course, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the eyes being... Yeah, that one, that, you, yeah. that it remembers everything, everything you saw and heard yeah, through and your can eye. index it. Right. Obviously, that has also dystopian and worrisome mm-hmm. outcomes. Yeah, the guy took it out at the end. Uh, yes, but, mm-hmm. uh, but it may not be that instantiation. Mm-hmm. But it's a, I mean, we people are limited in mm-hmm. our ability to remember. Mm-hmm. That's our faultiest part of our brain. Right. And computers are perfect. I was just saying this to someone the other day, something I wanted to, I wish I could have remembered this. Yeah. My son was asking me about it, something, and I was like, I just don't remember it. Happens you know, all the time. I have a vague memory of it, or or, or yes. if at all, if it's the correct memory or if it's not the correct memory. It was really, it was an interesting discussion I ended up having with my son. Right. Um, and beyond that? Well, beyond that, whether we believe in AGI, general mm-hmm. AI or not, mm-hmm. I'm in the camp that feels that's uh, very distant, mm-hmm. many decades Explain away. Explain that for who? Uh, Well, AGI means having AI be like humans, Mm -hmm. uh, have the common sense, Mm -hmm. uh, cross-domain, ability to reason and plan, Mm -hmm. and then one step further, maybe even with self-awareness and Mm -hmm. emotions. Mm -hmm. I feel... Cyborgs. Cyborgs, right. 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 So some people, uh, like Ray Kurzweil, Mm -hmm. project that's coming in 2029. Mm -hmm. It's not. I think not. I think the number of breakthroughs that will be needed Mm -hmm. would be probably another dozen deep Mm -hmm. learning level breakthrough. Right. And if you look at the last 60 years, we've Mm -hmm. had one deep learning level breakthrough. Mm -hmm. So when will the 12 come, mm-hmm. maybe 720 so years. So of the ones you're talking about, all these different AI waves, which give me timeframes on a lot of them, on, on the first four. The first three have already happened. Internet mm-hmm. AI is all around us. Mm-hmm. Business AI is being implemented, mm-hmm. but requires a large amount of data. So mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, the large banks that start and so on. Mm-hmm. The uh, visual is, I think, starting in China, mm-hmm. less so in the US. The um, spoken is happening in both China and U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazon uh, Alexa is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. They're a Chinese equivalent of that. Uh, autonomous vehicles, I think, uh, are already happening in non-public sure. roads. You yeah. know, shuttles, forklifts, uh, smart um, robots, Kiva inside uh, Amazon and the mm-hmm. Chinese equivalent. Kivas. People never pay attention. I pay a lot of attention to Kiva. Sure, sure. I absolutely. When they bought that, I was like, oh, well, that's an interesting change. And I think the natural next step is to yeah. have the another robot pick out the 100%. Item. Yeah, 100%. I was at the Amazon warehouse in, the, in Kent and they were using the Kiva robots and there was a guy, they, the Kiva robot would bring over the stuff and then the guy would pick it out and I said, you're finished. And he's like, what? And then the guy would tell him, I didn't want to explain what's about to happen to you. That's right. Before I get to the issue of work, how do you look at US companies right now having worked for all of them. What do you think where they are? Well, I, I think the Silicon Valley style of mm-hmm. entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is still 
the world's leading mm-hmm. um, way of building companies mm-hmm. is vision driven, focuses on tech, tends to go deeply to solve problems, and has strong culture and value that makes them are built to last. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of respect for all the companies I work for. Mm-hmm. I also think China is emerging right. with a kind of a new way to build companies mm-hmm. of running as fast as you can mm-hmm. and always assume someone's going to eat your lunch and so you better eat theirs first. And it's a very scrappy, tenacious competition. It used to winner be take Silicon all. Valley, correct or not? Did it? It wasn't. Did you not think? We're too soft, right? I think there were days when Microsoft was uh, yeah. pointed and yeah. uh, considered that way. And then? And then Microsoft became kinder and gentler, right? Right. Yeah, they had to. They yes. were forced into it by the yes. government. Yeah. Right. Was that a bad thing? I think it's not good or bad. It's just yeah. different. Yeah. Because China is such a big market Mm -hmm. and there's so much capital going in Mm -hmm. and the people who've made the right investments have made so much money Mm -hmm. and the market kept growing, at least up till now, all those things incentivize this behavior. Also, keep in mind, Deng Xiaoping about 40 years ago said he will change the economic system by letting some people get rich first. Mm -hmm. So there is a rush Mm-hmm. for the Chinese in the last 40 years to be among the first because mm-hmm. otherwise you may not be among those. Right, 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 absolutely. So I think all of those pointed is almost a system constructed mm-hmm. with the, just the right elements. Right. And that's what in the last 10 years turned it from a copycat right. to an innovative uh, country. Are, are, are U.S. company, U.S. tech companies now too soft? Are they too rich? Do they have too many private planes? I don't I think, think that's the issue. No. That may, maybe, maybe, um, maybe that's an issue. I think mm-hmm. the Chinese tycoons buy just as many private jets. Yeah, that's fair point. Yeah, but um, let's say we found an internet population in Mars, mm-hmm. and we're going to land the two top entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley and two top from China, and let them compete to mm-hmm. see who can win the Martians. Mm-hmm. I would bet on the side of the Chinese entrepreneurs because. Because they're faster, more tenacious, more understanding of mm-hmm. user needs and willing to build products for user needs mm-hmm. rather than what Steve Jobs says. Uh, right. You know, I look in the mirror and that's my user understanding. Right, right. That's, right. His user. that's really interesting. It's also, brilliant, but it's hard. But, you know, the kombucha from the Silicon Valley entrepreneurs would be better. <laughs> and, the, and the various foods and things like that. They're very, I'm only that could, teasing. Yeah, it could be. So let's talk about the impact of AI on jobs, because I think this is something that American companies or fa- tech companies are facing, this mm. idea that what they're doing. Right now, they're in the midst of, did they kill democracy? And mm. they were just having hearings, for example, we were just listening to. But one of the things has been this discussion of the future of work. Right. So what does AI mean for that from your perspective? Well, I, I think there are a lot of simple um simple kind of one-sentence answers, right. none of which I think are right. Okay. Some people said it's all purely a human amplifier. Some people said, oh, it's just going to make us better. Others said, no, it's going to take all the jobs away. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be different depends on what jobs you have. Mm-hmm. If we look at what AI cannot do, there are really two main things. One is creative jobs, mm-hmm. you know, jobs like yours, yeah. jobs like scientists, storytellers, yeah. uh, uh, you know, artists and so on. And the other are the compassionate people who really ha- create a human to human connection. Right. Trust. Until they get the robot eyes right. And then they will. <laughs> and then they do. Well, I, I think the robots will always mess up. Mm-hmm. And when robots mess up, they mess up badly. See, I think we should so, put robotic things in people and then not instead of making robots try uh, to be like people, we should make people try to be like robots. <laughs> 
It's a big thought, actually. Just, huh, just think really? about it. No, think about it. We spend all our time trying yeah. to get a robot to open a door and everyone yeah. goes, wow, it opened a oh, door. Yeah, yeah. Why bother? Mm. Just put robotic things in people. That's right. I, I, my favorite example is elderly care. Mm -hmm. All these people building robots to take care of old people. Mm -hmm. why, or, or, we should pay care of, take care yes, of our parents. Yes, we just can't get people to And if that. we don't, then we should hire a person to. Mm -hmm. None of our parents want to be taken care of by a robot. Mm -hmm. So we should, yeah, I, I agree with you. I get but what I'm you're saying. But I'm saying put robotic things in the caregivers. Anyway, so, okay, it's a so, bigger idea. I'm, I'm too genius for you. I'm too genius. No, I no, get it. I get <laughs> it. So you want the human caregiver, but maybe with super strong arms exactly. that can prevent yeah, the yeah, fall like of... Yeah, instead um, of spending our yeah. time trying to get a robot to open a door. Yeah, like, yeah. come on, why bother? We yeah. know a man, a, a man or a woman can open a door. Okay. So that's already solved. So in any case. Okay. Um, so now we give right. them eyes and ears and things like that and extra lifting and ectoskeletons and things like that. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I see. Right. So coming back to my, my thoughts, mm -hmm. so the human connection is hard. Mm -hmm. So what will happen? So if we make a quadrant of mm -hmm. four types of jobs, mm -hmm. I think the lower left quadrant is mm -hmm. the low compassion, low empathy, mm -hmm. low creativity. Right. All those jobs will be taken by AI. Name those jobs. Those are Oh, beginning jobs. with, uh, yeah, factory jobs, uh, starting with uh, inspection, going mm -hmm. into assembly, starting with dishwashing, going into um, flipping hamburgers and simple cooking. There's a, simple there's a cooking. robot hamburger place here in San Francisco now. Right, absolutely. Called the creator. And we, we invested Good. in a, in yeah. a, a Chinese noodle a robot too. Okay. And then there are also white collar jobs mm -hmm. that will be replaced. So uh, where sector is that? That's in the low. That's in the same sector. Yeah, basically um, traders. Mm -hmm. um, they're already gone, right? And then a city name said they're going to remove ten thousand of their operational staff, and even before that, telesales, telemarketing, customer reps. The jobs mm -hmm. currently outsourced to India, mm -hmm. and the current manufacturing jobs or outsourced to China. Right. Both sets of those will be challenged. Mm -hmm. uh, I would argue white collar ones first because that's software only. Right. So that's a lower left so quadrant. name those jobs, lawyers, possible doctors. N not, not yet. No, not yet. The, the lower left corner, those are more the inspection, assembly mm -hmm. line, right. telemarketing, customer right. service. Those are in danger because they were low human touch and low creativity. And, and data rich. Data rich, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, routine mm -hmm. in nature. And then the upper upper left quadrant would be lower creativity, mm -hmm. but lots of compassion. Mm -hmm. I think those jobs will flourish. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think migration needs to go from lower left to, to upper left. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the doctor's job will probably change because the medical medical diagnosis will mm -hmm. become very, very good. Right, and through then the, AI. Uh, through AI. Mm -hmm. And then the doctor is more of a human connector. Mm -hmm. And then maybe just four years of college is enough. Maybe mm -hmm. nurse practitioners can become doctors. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's more training about how to comfort and how to tease out from the patient. Mm -hmm. What are you really feeling? What because are your diagnostics should be done by AI, like radiology, for example. I use, always use the radio, like that you don't need a radiologist. They're not accurate compared to That's right. the AI. That's right. Well, it takes time, but right. eventually they'll be re uh, displaced in terms of... All of diagnostics, uh, it seems. Eventually, yeah. take 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. um, but one segment at a time. So doctors can become this compassionate profession, mm -hmm. and we might have 10 times more doctors because the cost of medical care will go down, mm -hmm. uh, poor people can access it, mm -hmm. and then you can still have real super experts that you pay a lot of money for, but mm -hmm. most healthcare... Uh, so more doctors could 
be employed, mm-hmm. um, but not the same kind of doctors today. The same right. could be applied to many other areas mm-hmm. like professionals, you know, um, wealth planners, teachers in particular. Mm-hmm. You probably Talk want- about that. What I think a lot of what teachers do are routine. Mm-hmm. So grading homeworks, grading exams, giving us exams, giving the same lecture and then again and again. Mm-hmm. Those can be done by AI or MOOC. Mm-hmm. And what the teacher should do is one-on-one, targeted, finding out what your passion is, uh, guiding you, coaching you, become your mentor for life. Mm-hmm. And that could be one-to-one. That mm-hmm. could be homeschooling. That mm-hmm. could be um, public school, but one-to-one ratio. So mm-hmm. teacher numbers could blossom. So I, And also I think teacher and doctors are more, require a lot of training. Mm-hmm. There will be other less trained jobs, mm-hmm. for example, elderly care. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a lot more older people. People over 80 requires five times as much care. Mm-hmm. And we want people to take care of them. And elderly care is a very difficult to fill job because it's not paid well, nor does it have a high uh, social status. And mm-hmm. I think those need to be changed so that when people come off the assembly line and telemarketing jobs, they could move into um, either an elderly care type of a job mm-hmm. or a teacher type of a job, depending on their aptitude. Right. And then the right side are the creative jobs. So mm-hmm. that's a sigh of relief. We're okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the creative jobs without too much compassion, empathy needed, they can use AI as a tool. Mm-hmm. Scientists can find more drugs with AI filtering right. for them. And their power will be amplified, mm-hmm. symbiotic combination. Mm-hmm. And then the upper right will be high empathy and high creativity. And those um, are what will make humans shine. So what does that mean politically and for the countries, these countries, including China? Because there's a lot of, mm. ma- you know, rote manufacturing sure. jobs there. There's a lot. And you throw, sure. you've thrown people at it, and yeah. that, which is why it's lower cost and which is why... Apple and others have moved manufacturing there. What happens? Because there is a social crisis that can result in this. I think this the bigger crisis is social more than uh, financial mm-hmm. because it's not just a question of losing a job and getting some social welfare, UBI, mm-hmm. to pay for you. Mm-hmm. It's that people have attached the meaning of their lives to their work. Right. And when the work is gone, mm-hmm. there's so is the, the, the meaning. Mm-hmm. So I think it's imperative that governments start to understand how to redistribute mm-hmm. the money mm-hmm. so that there's enough money to take care of this set of people who need to make a transition. And then there needs to be uh, retraining and the incentives Mm -hmm. put in place so the migration can happen. Do you think government has that capability? I don't. I think... They don't uh, know how Facebook works. I think very few governments have that capability. Mm -hmm. I think we can start with something small. Mm -hmm. For example, um, rather than give everybody a tax break, Mm -hmm. give it to those... Uh, who homeschool, mm-hmm. give it to those who are doing volunteer work, mm-hmm. give it to those who take early retirement, but put their time in a socially meaningful. Mm-hmm. So they can. there can be smaller steps. Vocational training should change. Mm-hmm. We should have fewer auto mechanics courses, mm-hmm. but maybe more plumber courses because right. plumber is not a job that robots I, can do yeah. soon. Yeah. And, we all, we, and we already know which jobs mm-hmm. are going to be on the decline. Mm-hmm. So the vocational schools should follow this um, projection of job increase or decrease mm-hmm. based on automation. Mm-hmm. So those are things that can be done by any government. I think potentially governments like China may be able to make bigger steps with yes, distribution. Control over. Chinese government has historically been effective mm-hmm. in 
pushing one segment to another.、Mm -hmm. The Chinese agricultural to manufacturing shift was done faster,、mm -hmm. with a lot of chaos, but、right. still more effectively than probably any other country.、Mm -hmm. So there might be a different. How, how do you、example. assess the U.S.'s commitment to this? I don't think there's any. I don't even. I well, I, I don't. I don't think、uh, the current administration、uh, acknowledges. That、mm -hmm. this is happening, I've、right. seen some top officials say the AI job displacement is fifty years away,、mm -hmm. and yes, that, that that would was, be worrisome. That was the Treasury Secretary. That was that was the Treasury Secretary, but、yes. he's he's an imbecile. So what do you do then? What, does that bring again the U.S. behind again because they'll be losing these jobs because that's the way it's going to go without any preparation for the future? Well, my guess is that when. There will be some profession that's suddenly disrupted,、mm -hmm. and millions of people are out of their jobs, and then that will wake up the government. That's、Which、my、one? guess. I don't know, but、uh, possibly the danger is it might be one of the outsourced jobs,、mm -hmm. so that the, it's not it. the pain is is in India, not、mm -hmm. in China. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So finishing up, let's talk a little bit about what that means for the creators of these technologies. Do you have a responsibility as someone who funds them? To figure that part out, I think I do,、mm -hmm. and all of us try to contribute differently.、Mm -hmm. There are those who advocate the UBI.、Mm -hmm. I do not universal basic income. Yeah, yes, universal. Why is that? I do not because I think that doesn't solve the meaning problem.、Mm -hmm. I think you're just giving pe money, people to money as、mm -hmm. a、um, anesthesia、mm -hmm. for, for pain. That's a really good way to put it. Doesn't get them over the、mm -hmm. really true problem.、Mm -hmm. And I think all of us are thinking of ideas, and that's good. And I think all of us are willing to contribute, whether it's by taxation or by donation or by foundations.、Mm -hmm. And I think those of us in investment, we could look more at investment that create jobs,、mm -hmm. uh, still make money, but maybe not as much as the、right. AI companies.、Right. So I think it's imperative for all of us to do what we can. Without expecting the government to do it all,、mm -hmm. which is why I wrote this book,、mm -hmm. so that the awareness would be there.、Mm -hmm. But the call to action is up to the individuals. Up to the individual companies. Do you、oh. think they have that commitment? I'm optimistic.、Mm -hmm. I'm optimistic they do because in Silicon Valley, I think all the talks about UBI、mm -hmm. suggest that people. Uh, want to do something? Yeah. Whether we think that, that one、terrible. will work or not, it's still very、um, uh, respectable that、mm -hmm. they are thinking ahead.、Mm -hmm. And when you look forward twenty years, what are the jobs you think will be the most important? I think the creative jobs will、mm -hmm. be the most important.、Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people who could have been creative. Were、uh, stifled、mm -hmm. over the last hundred years because they maybe they weren't the highest paying jobs. Right, they were forced into some relatively more routine job that paid more.、Mm -hmm. But I think now we can really、uh, have a chance to release our potential in creativity.、Mm -hmm. And I think the empathetic jobs, human jobs, will also be important because that's the only job type that can absorb. The exodus and the displacement that will、mm -hmm. happen in the routine jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. I'm going to put you on the spot. If you had to pick one U.S. company and one Chinese company that you find a large one or a small one, we'll do each of those that you're most impressed with right now. What would they be? Most impressed U.S. company would be Alphabet, Google. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most because because of its aspiration. Because that it tries to stick with its values, you know,、mm -hmm. we may or may not agree with it, but、mm -hmm. that it tries to do that, and also because of the phenomenal creativity、mm -hmm. from the company. And、um, their most important part, Waymo. What? 
cloud? I think Waymo is most interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the new healthcare initiatives are interesting as well. Okay. The Chinese company would be a tie between Alibaba and Tencent. Mm-hmm. I think Alibaba has demonstrated that a company can grow so big and still top-level people feel empowered like they own the company. Mm-hmm. And that kind of cultural strength uh, will probably give it legs to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see that in other companies. Alphabet obviously is trying to do that with uh, different segments. But mm-hmm. Alibaba, if you really go in, each of the 25 CEOs really mm-hmm. feels like a CEO. Right. And they're still working like startups. So mm-hmm. they maintain the culture and that's uh, expandable. Uh, that doesn't fall apart with size. I also respect Tencent a great deal because um, they're one of the very few companies that could build a product to disrupt itself. Mm-hmm. They had QQ, which was the dominant messenger, mm-hmm. and then they allowed WeChat to be built right. and to disrupt QQ. Mm-hmm. But QQ didn't die. QQ kind of became the Snapchat of China, right. uh, appealing to the younger generation. Mm-hmm. So a company that can tolerate two camps mm-hmm. uh, to compete and both actually continue to be successful, that That's I think really is uh, really rare to see. What that. about startup that you find? Uh, there are many great startups. Um, we fund VIP Kid. Mm-hmm. which is an aspirational education company mm-hmm. that connects American English teachers to Chinese students. Mm-hmm. It's essentially the Uber mm-hmm. for education. Mm-hmm. And when everyone thinks education is not going to create unicorns, VIP Kid has uh, really proved them wrong. And now they're using technology and AI. They're also using pro bono to give the English teachers a chance to give some hours to mm-hmm. teach poorer kids in a group. And I think it's a company that thinks far ahead and more likely to disrupt education mm-hmm. than the some of the American education companies that have a big aspiration, but it's too difficult to implement. Absolutely. That's really interesting. All right. This has been fascinating. Kaifu, thank you so much for talking. Thank you. Um, Kaifu Lee's book is called AI Superpowers, China, Silicon Valley, and the New World Order, and it's available now. If you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find more episodes of Recode Decode on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you didn't like this interview, I, again, do not care. You can just say, if you just want to say hi, tweet at me. I'm at Kara Swisher on Twitter. Now you're done with this, go check out our latest episode of Recode Media. You can find that show wherever you found this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.